I met the criteria to be selected, but I wasn't. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back, boys and girls. I met the criteria. Thank you for tuning in once more. Welcome, we welcome you. No, you welcome us, I should say, back to your ears for another pod. We've got another NBA preview pod to look forward to today. We'll come on to that in a moment. It's Theo in the hot seat this week, of course. Joining me, as always, the MTC wouldn't be complete without Jared. How are you? I'm doing well, mate. I'm just hoping that this is another episode that at the outro you go, that was good, that, wasn't it? Yeah, that was pretty good, that. I, I hope it meets those standards that we've been setting so far. Well, we'll have to wait and see, won't we? We'll have to wait and see. It's, it's not in my hands anyway, it's up to our guests. Vincent is with us, of course, as well. We wouldn't be, wouldn't be seen dead without him. Vinny, what are you saying? I love it every time you go, hey, hey, hey. It reminds me of Fat Albert, if you've ever watched that. He goes, hey, hey, hey. It's Fat Albert. I don't know, it just always reminds me of that. I was actually going for Kawhi, but I'll probably say it. Fat oh, right. <laughs> I'm good, brother. Good man, good man. Uh, so as you mentioned, we've got uh, it's a preview pod, of course. This this week joining us, we've got Martin from Knicks UK. Martin, how the devil are you? Hi, cheers, Theo. Yeah, great, thank you. How are you guys? We're good. All the better for having you on on with us, mate. Now, Martin, as of as you probably could work out from from the, the name of the fan page, is a Knicks fan. So the blazing question that I think everybody has to ask when they find out somebody's a Knicks fan is, Martin, why the Knicks? <laughs> Why the Knicks? Why the Knicks? Why are you running? <laughs> well, when I was, I went to Orlando with uh, with my parents when um, Space Jam came out. So I've always been a fan of hoops. Um, we actually watched the film over there. Um, got an MJ jersey and and everything. Um, been a fan since then. Really started to follow the sport properly in '03, the the LeBron and Melo draft. Um, would would watch games. No real interest in who would win. Just just enjoyed it. And then uh, me and my wife went to uh, went to New York, um, early 2010s, 2011. I think Melo had just signed. And um, yeah, as soon as I walked through the uh, through the doors at MSG, there's just that that aura, and uh, it fell in love as soon as we walked in. Um, been back five six times. We, we were going yearly at one point. Um, and yeah, I just uh, Do you go to the it. garden every time you go. Yeah. Um, have, have you ever seen a, a win? <laughs> strangely enough, I've seen the Knicks win in person twice. <laughs> I've wow. seen, and once was um, in London um, at the Global Games, um, the, I think it was the Pistons, and then um, favourite game, uh, sorry to Mark, who I know was on last week for the, the Hornets, was against the Hornets, double OT win, um, Mellow in the clutch, and Kemba, um, got blocked by D Rose, funnily enough, in the corner. Um, unreal. Uh, but yeah, two games out of certainly in excess of 12, 13, <laughs> and I've seen them win. Well, I suppose that's, I, I should say you knew what you were signing yourself up for, <laughs> but I suppose at the time, maybe maybe you weren't expecting it to be quite as a as much of a dry spell as maybe it has been. Or yeah, you. I mean, I went in the 50, the 50 game season. 52 game season however whatever the number was and uh, we, we saw him against the Raptors that year <laughs> it's probably one of the only games they stunk up MSG mm. <laughs> uh, JR couldn't hit a shot Melo couldn't hit a shot my luck really <laughs> typical, typical what were you expecting like when you be- when you became a Knicks fan because obviously they are one of the most well-known NBA franchises 
but especially in recent years, haven't had the best. So were you expecting to come in and then be like a dominating team or what, what were you expecting? Um, you expect with New Yorkers because not only did we fall in love with the Knicks, we fell in love with New York that mm. that they would, gritty teams have, I did research and knew about the uh, the 90s Knicks, knew um, what the, what the what what the the team did for the city. I mean, it's a basketball city, and so I, I fell in love with that aspect, the street ball. Um, it's just it's just been a, a terrible <laughs> couple of uh, couple of uh, decades, really. Um, but I think, and we'll get onto it, no doubt, in a bit. Um, I think we might be on the right track. Good coach, nice young core, and um, no idiots in the front office. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> I just think it's a shame that you didn't go to New York just a couple of years later, maybe 2012. You might have been able, might have been able to go and see the Nets instead and then might have had a real taste of, of success in person, maybe. But it wasn't to be, mate, it wasn't to be. Uh, you've just you've just touched on it there. Um, and we will, we will come on to maybe expectations for the future. But before we get there, cast, cast your mind back just a couple of, well, was it a couple of months? Or I guess it was a bit longer than that. You didn't make it to the bubble, did you? So nine, nine months ago, the last time the Knicks, Knicks played played basketball, I guess, maybe 10 months now, who knows? A long time ago. It's a long time to go without basketball. But what were your thoughts on, on the Knicks this season just gone? Um, I think they started off with the wrong coach. Fisdale was a, um, well, wasn't an X's and O's guy. He was more of a pitch and we'll get the free agents in higher in the first place. Um, I think he, he didn't know how to uh, play the young players. Um, the front office built a team that that didn't complement the good young players on the roster. You had RJ Barrett with no spacing whatsoever. You had Mitchell Robinson, who spent considerable time off the floor, being replaced by Taj Gibson in the lineup. I mean, I, mean, I, I like Taj Gibson, but you've you've got a, a young kid at centre who, you know, he's on the highlights on, on you know most weeks for for his dunks and, and blocks at the rim, and they didn't. They didn't do that RJ any favors last year, and so when Miller stepped in, they, they improved. Um, he he ensured that there was at least some level of shooting on the floor. You would have you know Ellington or Bullock, um, and it, it, I felt there were, there was a few positives. You know, you had Frank, who you know I'm a fanboy. I, I think he's a lockdown defender, elite defender. And you have complementary pieces, and, and 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 Miller seemed to get that get that right towards the end. Um, I just think it started bad in the off season. You wasted a load of money on um, Randall, who, who who didn't become a bad player overnight, but simply didn't fit with Barrett. And you know you miss out on the big names, um, and I think it just went down from there. You know I, I don't want to see a Randall spin move again this year. I don't <laughs> want to see Alfred Payton. Um, passing the ball to Randall when RJ's open in the corner. It it, it was one of those seasons and I think it, it, it impacted everyone. You know, DSJ, so Smith Jr. went went backwards. Um, you had, you know, Kevin Knox wasn't the same player. You know, he fell behind Marcus Morris. And Marcus Morris is a good player, but, you know, you draft the guy at eight, he needs to play. And, you know, it's, it, it, you know, they tried to create that dog that, that that dog's attitude, you know, you get what you earn essentially, um, and Knox just didn't buy into it for whatever reason. So it, it was a frustrating year. There were some good bits, 
you know, the um, buzzer beater against the Mavs, um, beating the Rockets, uh, Portland. They were games where they really stood out and it was good, but I don't know. I think it's um, I think it's ironic that um, <laughs> the Knicks beat beat the Rockets. Obviously, Vinny being a Rockets fan, like he's throwing all this, this he's throwing all this shade about how the Knicks are. Uh, <laughs> why would you support the Knicks and they beat us? No, so I, there we I, go. Listen, first of all, I'm not. I don't throw shade, but once they actually, you know, what, I'm not going to even bite. I'm not going to bite. You know, what, <laughs> I'm not going to bite. You know what? You give them that. Okay, I'll give them that. <laughs> give them that. It's the least that they can do. Come back to me once you've had a good player in the past ten years. But that's fine. No, I, I think. I think. Mellow. Uh, yeah. Mellow. Okay, Stay that's mellow. it. Okay, after <laughs> me- before after Mellow, who else did you have the past twenty years? KP. <laughs> no. No. Jeez. No. I. No. I don't. Yeah. I think he's a snake. No. <laughs> but he. He was solid. A solid player. Nah, nah. I nah, think that KP in Pozingis, are we talking? Yes. Snake. Oh yeah. Didn't I mean I, I'm not being too familiar with the, the the story there, but didn't he get traded away for cap space so you could sign not Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving? Yeah, I mean, what what happened or seemingly happened was that his brother was manipulating things behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, I don't think the Knicks were entirely convinced of giving him the max extension. Um, for whatever reason, I mean, he's a seven-footer who's <laughs> injury-prone to say the least. He struggles to stay on the floor. Um, but I take the point. Yeah, I mean, he was the chip, wasn't he, to get the space? Um, still a strange move for me. I mean, they weren't. They were never convinced. It doesn't seem that KD and Kyrie actually wanted to play for the Knicks. Yeah. I wouldn't say. Uh, person, I wouldn't say he was a great New York's player that's ever come to the franchise. I wouldn't say that. Look, KP is a good player. I'm not denying KP is a good player, but I wouldn't say he's a great like player that's going to be a future Hall of Famer or potentially a great of all time. I think yeah. the only team I can the only team great players who play for the New York Knicks. Sorry, I, I'm sorry. I'm becoming like I'm being harsh here and mean to your team. I'm sorry, <laughs> Martin. It's just that Jared seems to put it out of me. I was going to be polite, and but I'm just saying the only two great New York Knicks players I can remember is Camilla Anthony and Patrick Ewing. That's the only two I can think of in the past like 50 years. If you can give me another one. Uh, um, Larry Johnson. Bernard yeah. King. Bernard sorry? King. Starks, nah. Clyde Fraser, nah. great. Would you say he's a great, like a, like a remembered, a future Hall of Famer? I Walt think Clyde Fraser. I think that's part of the great. problem. Yeah, I think <laughs> that's part of the problem that the greats in Knicks history are sort of the fifty years ago, like the nineteen seventies oh, sort of, of Knicks. That's that's part of the problem. And obviously, as you touched on, some of the some of the, the move was to create the cap space to go out and sign Kyrie and KD. And then when they didn't come, the biggest like mess up for me in the Knicks front office was signing like a million power forwards. Like I'm pretty sure at one stage, didn't they have like five or six power forwards on the roster? And like, there was just, there was very little variance. They were seen to be signing all the same player over and over again. Yeah. I think, I think it happens some off seasons where teams have a load of, I mean, you see Detroit this year, yeah. they, they have that money to burn and, they feel as though the better players on the market are, you know, a similar position, and that's why. And, and we'll probably get get onto this later. But with what the Knicks did in the off season this year was far better because whilst it's nothing glamorous, they all fit 
You have Burks, who's a wing who can shoot, who doesn't need the ball in his hands to be effective. You've got um, Nerlens Noel, who is the same player as Mitchell Robinson, essentially. And you don't, you don't change the, you don't change between the lineups too much when you have Mitch and Nerlens Noel going out. It, 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 it all makes sense. The only one that didn't make sense was Peyton, and that. That is not a shot at Peyton because he was competent last year, albeit he would miss RJ open in the corner and, and seem to defer specifically to Randall. But that was the problem that the Knicks have had. They've either gone looking for big stars or they've got the best player available that doesn't necessarily fit with what they've got. Yeah, I mean, last season, I mean, we, we've, we've covered it there quite well, but last season was a bit of an enigma. This season certainly seems a little bit more focused and you can tell there's almost the... the, the searching for that sense of direction and maybe they've sort of honed in on that a little bit more this year um mm. take us through take us through your roster then what um we, we've seen quite a lot of movement already i mean most of the, the free agent classes has sort of dried up there's are there are you expecting any more moves out of out of the knicks any more movement with regards uh, to improving the lineup improving the lineup maybe not i could see i could see a potential trade with the jazz for a Conley type, a an experienced point guard who's got a significant contract, but can you know be an adult in the room essentially at the point guard position. Because as much as I like Frank, you, you, you need someone who's a little bit more dynamic there. You need someone who can shoot. Um, but I, I think the Knicks off season has played out as as a lot of us expected. Knicks getting assets. I wouldn't be surprised if they were involved in the Hayward. Uh, Hornets Celtics deal at some point to to get another asset. I think I think that's what we're in. We we need to see the young players play, and we need to get assets to build through through the draft. Um, and at one point, we're going to make a move for a star player. Leon Rose isn't going to hang around, um, but for the moment, get the assets, let our young players play, and then when the time's right, that's when they'll strike. And with those assets, they'll go out and they'll sign some marquee free agent, uh, some marquee uh, star who becomes disillusioned. Um, it happens most years. Um, the Knicks need, have never really been in the position to use assets like they, ha- they, like they are now. They're in a similar position to Oklahoma. That, you know, they, they've got more assets, obviously, but that, that's the model. <laughs> Get assets, um, see the young guys play and don't take up their minutes with, uh, with experienced players or have players who who we're just going to take away from, from, from them getting good experience. I think a part of the part of the thing the Knicks need to do as well is probably rebuild their reputation a little bit because it, it's it's felt like over the last five years every, every star that's hit free agency has been linked with the Knicks and they never end up getting them, do they? Um I mean you even go back to 2010, the other talk was about LeBron's coming to the Knicks and they end up with Mario Stoudemire. So in a way, they've kind of got to maybe reassess their expectations. That whilst they are in a you know glamour market where there's there's so much potential off the court for players, um, they need to sort of rebuild their reputation a little bit to try and attract some stars. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I agree. You've got you had probably one of the greatest coaches of all time step in and, and run things from behind the scenes, and there was still something that that, that wasn't quite right. Mm. Um, you know that you know what's called the thing that's not right. I know bowling. 
<laughs> he Dolan. needs to get Dolan. Dolan. Bowling. James Dolan. Cut that. But yeah, Dolan. James Dolan. I feel like he is the fundamental problem with you guys because that's the key. That's the problem where he he needs to change. He's the one who's stubborn. The way he runs his organization, the way he makes the fans hate him. That's why he needs to get gone. And I feel like that's the fundamental problem with people that get attracted to him because we had issues. Remember a couple of years ago when the LA Clippers had issues with their owner? Obviously, he was he had issues, other reasons, because he found out he was a racist. But with James Dolan, he's kind of very, not saying he's got any issues like that, but he's got issues where he's like turned against. Like, remember that situation with Spike Lee? Like, Spike Lee is one of the most fa- famous New York Knicks fans, loyal to the franchise. Everyone loves him in that kind of aspect and then to turn up against him turn against him it's like he creates a bad atmosphere for your for your franchise and I feel like he needs to get going I think that's the fundamental problem as well that runs down with the New York Knicks to have an owner who's been in charge of a franchise for so long and do nothing it's not good enough for such a big club don't say it too loud though Vinny because he'll ban you from MSG (laughs) (laughs) I mean I'll I'll push back just in case Stolen is watching Um, (laughs) he's the, the thing with Dolan is the last few years, he's sort of stepped back and not have as much involvement in the team. He, he You know, he goes out playing his music or whatever funny band he's in, and he, he sits on the front row, and essentially he's tried to defer to uh, Mills and Perry. He's, he's deferred to Phil Jackson, and he's not someone who's shy of spending money. You've got, you know, he... he <laughs> I understand the point. There's there's this there's this cloud that's been over MSG for such a long time. I think Dolan has certainly had an impact with that. You, you, you know, you you don't go in, you, you don't want to be on ESPN or whichever news outlet in America with Spike Lee, you know, going into a tirade. I think he went on first take, and you don't need that. It's unnecessary that. drama, isn't it? It's like yeah, unnecessary. I mean, the relationship when with players I don't it's not Dolan who has that Spike Lee is very well connected in you know music and film but also with with basketball players you you see it every time it, someone hits a you know a game winner or some a shot late in the shot clock he sat courtside the player goes and he looks straight at Spike mm-hmm. you know it's um but he's not afraid to spend money he's not afraid to make big decisions Phil Jackson going was a big decision. He felt obviously that he wasn't he wasn't doing what was in the best interest of the franchise when probably he was at that stage when you know exploring a trade for Booker for for, for Porzingis. And then you look at this where he stepped in with Steve Mills didn't want to train, trade uh, Morris for a pick at the end of um, you know the the trade deadline. I mean, I, you know, he's done a lot of bad things, but there were times when he's he, he's done the right thing, and I think if he defers more, let's Leon Rose use his contacts. We, we should we should be okay. We should be in safe hands, and let Worldwide West tap into all his networks and see who can land. So that's that's obviously the goal going forward, isn't it? You've Jared mentioned it just then. Previously, you've, you've struck out with the the big big money free agents quite yeah. quite prolifically, I suppose, in the past past decade or so. Does seem to be a little bit of a change in approach. You, you said about maybe you, you look as though you are just amassing uh, those the assets, the picks, the the young players, and you you rebuilding the more perhaps a more traditional way rather than trying to jump straight back in at the deep end. Um, what does 
what does that leave this upcoming 2021 season looking like to you as a Knicks fan? What are you expecting out of this this new era Knicks? Um, I'm expecting big minutes for anyone under the age of 22. I'm expecting <laughs> topping to be inserted straight into the lineup. Granted, and if you've ever seen my Twitter feed, you'll see that topping was not the top, so pardon the pun, mm. of my list. Um, but he's a ready-made rookie. He should be able to step in. He should be able to get 20 straight away, um, grab boards. The big knock on him is his defense. The Knicks are able to put out a team where you have uh, you know, Frank at the point, elite defender, RJ, good defender, can make, create his own shot and get to the hoop. They needed that that wing who can shoot, Knox, Burke, Burks. I, either are going to have to play to space the floor, but Topping can space the floor. And it, it fits nicer because then you've got Mitch or, or uh, Nerlens Noel who, who are good defensive bigs as well. So... There's a good mix in the team. I expect the Knicks to not have that, not to transfer into wins. I don't expect to see the Knicks in any form of playoff bubble next year. Um, but what I, what I would like to see is just big minutes for those young kids because there's some talent there that, that you know they go in the lottery. It, it, it's not a, gu- a guarantee that you're going to be a, a player who's who's successful in the NBA, but. There's something there. And there's a reason why you're taking in the lottery. Uh, Nick's added another, you know, Manuel quickly, probably the best shooter in college basketball, and it's quite clear that they've seen the need for shooting, the need for defense, the need for a more balanced team. So, I, as I said, I don't expect that to transfer into wins. I expect big minutes and see a step from, hopefully, in particular, RJ, Toppin, and Mitch, and. Um, Hopefully we've got that, that that groundwork then to go out and look and add someone else. If the Knicks pick high in the draft next year, well, it's Cade season. Um, mm-hmm. Or Knicks can, can can go go out if if they surprise people. If it, if it's better than than what I predict, who who knows? Nick, they could go out in the off season next year and and maybe land a player. But I, the Knicks can't do that. that. That's me getting into a position where I'm you know I'm making an assumption either way. Mm. Knicks can't predict that it's going to be all rosy this year because it, sh- it shouldn't be. These are all young 22 and unders. Yeah. Um, they, they, they need time um, and, and, and hopefully they'll get some time on the floor and we'll see who we've got um, and we'll, we'll, we'll go from there. But I don't, I don't expect, I, I wouldn't expect 22 wins, <laughs> being brutally honest. Mm. And I've seen that's the over and under number. I, I think you were looking at sort of 18 to 20, even in a reduced season. Yeah, I think uh, the, the pick for Topping was in a way a surprise just because I thought he was going to go a little bit higher. Um, I think he slid down to the Knicks at eight, didn't he? Um, and I think he's, a, he's he's the perfect player for for the Knicks at this time because he's an exciting player. I think he set I think he set a college record for dunks or something like that. Um, like he was just really exciting sort of highlight package kind of player. Yes, his defense isn't there, but he's NBA ready. He's a four-year college player, so he's ready to just come in and and put bums on seats when they can have fans back and give give a bit of excitement um sort of that young player to generate a bit of buzz for the Knicks. Yeah, if it, the knock and why he slid was because he was 22. If yeah. if he's a year earlier, um 2 years earlier, then I think you I think you're looking at it certainly in the top 3. Mm. Um as I say, I, I wasn't a huge fan of the pick. I thought 
the Knicks probably should have gone down the line of a three, either a Coro, he was off the board, or Vassell would, would have been my pick. But Topping adds that that you know he's a ready-made offensive player who can play in the NBA. He can space the floor, he can get to the hoop, and he's an underrated passer as well. So it should open up things with Mitch. It should open up things with RJ, and that that that's the way we've got to look at it. It's a nice, um, nice homecoming story for him as well, isn't it? It's a nice story. He's from from New York. He's, he, I think he's, I, I presume he's a Knicks fan. Um, you probably would be. Uh, I'm sure. He, I think he said, I think he said in in the lead up to the draft that he was a Knicks fan. Probably yeah. just maybe to try and weasel his way in there if he did. There's a picture circulating with a Spreewell jersey on. Mm. Oh, really? So, um, Seen and that, Vinny, yeah. there's another one. Latrell Spreewell. Yeah, yeah. Vince's well, got no idea. Martin, I am not showing no hate whatsoever. <laughs> Is these two? I I show no hate to the Knicks. Okay, <laughs> these two have brought it up. Like Phil came at you in the beginning. I'm saying, not going to let you get away with this, Vinny. I'm going to interrupt you. Before we were doing this podcast, he said, "I can't wait to have a Knicks fan because I'm just going to ask him why are you a Knicks fan? Like, yeah, I just want to ask that. Just like I've to understand. That. I've asked that, and now we show me why he's a Knicks fan. But I'm not showing any hate. I just don't get it. Like, why would you choose the Knicks as a franchise? But of course, the, uh, you guys have said, "Oh, but why they need to change?" The, I'm just saying neutral. Letting Martin speak his point, and he's showing me why he's a Knicks fan. So I gotta show love. But look, I have not shown no hate to you, Martin. I, I, look, I'm just loving the thing what you're saying. So. But you've, you've, you've covered it quite quite nicely with the, the Knicks. They're looking forward to that youth that they've got there, trying to trying to make the most of that. I want you to stick your neck out now and give us a young player to watch on that on that Knicks roster. You've, you've listed a couple of names, but who are you expecting maybe the biggest leap from this season? Um, Barrett, RJ Barrett, I think. he There was a big knock on him in, in college. I mean, he was the consensus number one pick as he came into the college year. Um, that fell off with the rise of uh, Zion. Um, but that, that Duke team, everyone said that it had no spacing and that when he goes into the NBA, when there is spacing, he's going to thrive and he's going to be a problem. <laughs> he gets drafted by the Knicks, which is his problem, and there was zero spacing. And so um, I expect this year with a competent NBA coach who who likes the corner three, um, I, I, expe- I, I expect him to take a... a, a not even a step, a leap forward. Um, it has to, you know, he's the number three pick. He's he's going to be the face of this franchise, I think, for, for, for the next five to ten years. I, I'm that maybe confident. Austin Rivers. Oh, goodness me. But <laughs> he, he, he's another solid pick. I mean, getting to the situation where we, we spoke about um, earlier what, what, the, what the plan is, you get to the trade deadline, you have Burks on one year, you have Noel one year and you have someone like Rivers who's got a three year with the last two years I believe that are non-guaranteed playoff teams like those type of players mm. that they become valued at the at, at the deadline and um, I think that that's one of those pickups where you feel is this Morris all over again is he <laughs> going to take those minutes away but is it Morris again are we going to flip him for a first um, not necessarily a first but an asset at the trade deadline where you think, well, that was worth it. We've used our cap space. We've not gone out and spent a fortune on Gordon Hayward. You know, we've not taken in Russell Westbrook and given up assets. Love Russell Westbrook, but it's not that that time. It's not the time. Yeah, for it's Russell. not the time for that, is it? No. 
Yeah, no, it's a it's a it's a fair shout. It's there. There seems to be certainly more intention, I think, behind what the the Knicks are the decisions that the, the front office are making this time round. So, I suppose it's got to give you a, a glimmer of hope. But combined with those young young players that you've got um, got on board as well, it's, it gives you something to look forward to. Probably more so than you've had in the past as a Knicks yeah, fan. Yeah, yeah, young young the young players are what make it. You know, we don't know what we've got. Um, Last year was felt like a waste. It, mm. it had Nilakina who dropped twenty and ten the the game before the, the the season shut down. It like he was stepping stepping up his game, and you had RJ who, who and they were playing more minutes together. Mitchell was playing more more minutes. It, it it felt as though we were going in those last sort of five six games. We were moving forward. We we beat the Hawks in the last game, mm. and. There's light at the end of the tunnel. There's light at the end I, of the tunnel. I think so. I, I don't think that light is massive this year and that <laughs> we end up in the playoffs. I, I really don't. I'd be a fool if I said that. Um, is there a, a 0.1%? There, there is, but I, I've fallen into that trap too many times. This, <laughs> this franchise is, uh, it, it puts grey hairs on your head. <laughs> it sounds like you're doing a good job of, uh, of not getting your hopes up. Uh, Martin? <laughs> It's been great to have you on, mate. Thank you for that insight into the mind of a Knicks fan. We've we've all been wondering what goes on in there, but, but you've 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 spilled some of the beans, mate. So we appreciate appreciate you taking the time to to join oh, us today, bud. Oh no, great! Cheers for the invite and thanks. Been catching up with uh, some of the later pods, and I'd uh, recommend to anyone to go out and check out the previews. Oh, much appreciated. Mate. Appreciate thank that, brother. Much. Appreciate. No, thank you for joining us, though, brother. Honestly, Don't lie to him, Vincent. This is the least sincere thank you we've ever heard come on I don't understand what is with you two today okay I have done nothing wrong you, like you, are a hater. you are a Nick hater you hate the Nick like I have done nothing wrong right now okay Martin for. if you listen to all the pods if you listen to all the pods, I've always shown the Knicks love all the time, supporting the team. <laughs> Knicks till I die. I bleed blue and uh, I don't know, bleed blue and white. I don't know the colours. <laughs> Knicks till I die. Your second so, team. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's it. They're my second team. So I just want to throw that out there. Don't listen <laughs> to these haters. And for for um, for the rest of our listeners who who haven't turned off at listening to such blatant lies, I would just like to point out for anyone who accuses me of my Nets homerism, I don't think I mentioned them once, maybe once, but that was it. I think I've done quite a good job. Thank you. So just before we say ta-ra, um tell our listeners where where can we find you? Um, currently on Twitter, Nixon Score UK, and hoping to start a pod when the season resumes. Excellent. We look forward to you uh, returning the favour and us, uh, we'll send Vincent along to join you and he can, he yeah. can talk Knicks for... Leave <laughs> me alone, okay? Yeah, you're such leave, a Knicks fan. You've got, you've leave got a me alone, like both of you, okay? You are just coming at me for no reason. I'll invite you on, Vinny, when the Harden trade's announced. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> There'll be some tapes there. Martin, brilliant. Take care, mate. We'll see we'll you again. Thank you ever so much. Take care. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Joining us now, we've got uh, Benjamin from Nuggets UK. Benjamin, how are you, mate? I'm very well, thank you, my friend. Thank you for having me on. Oh, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure, as always. Um, ben is a, a Nuggets fan, of course, as you can, again, probably tell. How did that come about, Ben? How did you find yourself, first of all, following the NBA, and then why, of all places, Denver? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's an odd one. I get asked that question so many times by people in the UK. Obviously, it's just a small market team, and... Um, 
you never really hear about Denver over here and the Nuggets and stuff. So um, it was actually, it was actually, I got into the NBA because of my brother. My brother was awesome, man. He's six seven. Actually, decided to be a professional golfer in the end. But, wow. Uh, uh, but yeah, he was uh, he was really into basketball, so I started watching. He loved the Spurs, loved Tim Duncan, and uh, that was actually the first jersey I ever had. And then uh, started playing. Absolutely loved playing. So um, you know, and I wanted a team. And obviously, San Antonio were kind of my team, but I was never really like in love with them. And then LeBron James draft came through, and my friend was like, "Oh, you got to check this guy out. He's um, he's going to be like the next Jordan. He's he's incredible." And draft came in and I just fell in love with Melo. Melo was my guy. I just, every, I tried to model my jump shot around him. I just couldn't stop watching him. I used to wake up for school and check the box score, see how he did. And uh, it was just kind of the love thing from there. I just fell in love with the team and and uh, that's that's how it went. So you've, you've got Carmelo to blame then, to be fair. I, I do, yeah. I have Carmelo to blame. And uh, obviously then the trade happened 2010, 2011, and uh, I couldn't stop watching the Nuggets. It was just kind of, it wasn't just a mellow thing. I couldn't go and start watching the Knicks. But it's, <laughs> it's a good job you didn't, you didn't follow him to be fair, yeah, because you'd be in trouble now. Uh, how did you, how did Nuggets UK come about? How did you get involved in the in the UK community? Um, well, I've got a couple of pals over here that are NBA fans, um, but I just, I suppose, I wanted to just talk to more Nuggets fans. You know, I was always finding myself up at ridiculous hours in the morning, being like happy or excited or like frustrated and it was like sitting there looking around me like i'm on my own <laughs> like, you know. and i figured oh there's a whole community of nuggets fans out there on twitter so i um started the account and it wasn't i suppose you see all these amazing um uk fan pages out there i didn't really expect to to, to kind of that's not really what i decided to kind of make the page for it was more about just kind of chatting to other nuggets fans really um and yeah, the rest is history. I absolutely love it. There's so many people on Twitter now, and, and through that that Twitter page, I've um, been able to be in contact with other Nuggets fans in the UK and around Europe as well. We've um, started this uh, Nuggets Europe podcast, which is incredible. Got a Serbian channel, got uh, an English speaking channel, uh, which is yeah, absolutely fantastic. So, fair play to you. Fair play. So, it's. You, you mentioned you, you got into you got into the Nuggets around the time that Melo entered the league, so you had some an exciting player to watch. You've got another couple of exciting players through through now that I think for a long well maybe I don't know maybe I'm doing the Nuggets a disservice, but perhaps you've not maybe had as much to enjoy watching on a nightly basis. I want you to cast your mind oh, back for sure. just to the start of the the season just gone. You certainly weren't expecting maybe. Well, maybe you were expecting a, a miraculous playoff run in the in the form that you got. But talk us through the season that we've we've just had as a as a Nuggets fan. Well, I think it was frustrating because obviously I had so many years of the Warriors dominating the Western Conference. Mm. Um, other teams that were always a thorn in our side, like the Rockets and and stuff. And then obviously that the the two LA teams had, had never really been anything over the especially the like recent history to worry about and obviously they got so much stronger bringing in AD and then obviously the Clippers grabbing a bunch of guys that just made them into on paper what should have been an incredible team uh, so it was quite frustrating and, and I did have expectations for us because I feel like we've grown so much over the past four years we've progressed really well uh, every year we've got better and better and better uh, we've we've progressed further um, especially in the, we've had two playoff runs in the last two years, and we've just been, you know, from the first time coming in, no playoff experience with these young guys. Then we had this past um, playoff run, which is exceptional, um, and you know, 
def- absolutely beyond my uh, beyond my expectations. But I do think like Jokic is 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 so talented and he makes everyone around him so much better that anything is possible with this team. We play good defense and the offense itself out because we've got players like Jamal Murray, we've got players like Nikola Jokic and uh, the supporting cast. Um, so you know we had a decent decent season. Uh, I think to par where I imagined us being, sitting in around the third seed before obviously um, the the season was closed down come into the bubble started a bit slow in the bubble was a little bit I think we were the last team to actually get all of our players into the bubble yeah and you know the kind of everyone needed to get up to speed we didn't have Gary Harris and Will Barton to start the bubble off who are two of our key players um, especially defensively because as much as um, what Jamal Murray and Jokic can do on an offensive on the offensive side of the court we need players like Gary and Will and Paul Millsap to come in and provide that defensive anchor that kind of keeps us going on both ends of the court. So it was a little bit of a, a rough start to the to the bubble, but as I say, I felt like we got better and better and better. And then obviously everyone could see how well we did during the actual playoff run. Um, never say never, never die attitude that we showed uh, was just exceptional. It was an absolute pleasure to watch that, that playoff series. Uh, against uh, the Jazz. It was a pleasure to watch that playoff series against the, the Clippers. It wasn't so much of a pleasure to watch the playoff series against the Lakers. But, um, mm-hmm. I mean, it was stressful, obviously, throughout both of those series, especially the Jazz. I actually I was uh, speaking to another couple of guys a couple of weeks ago, and uh, it, I actually preferred the Clippers series. I wasn't as stressed out in the Clippers series as I was in the Jazz series because, um, historically, Rudy Gobert has caused Jokic so many problems over the years. And I just thought, oh, here we go. You know, everyone always says, oh, Nuggets are out in the first round. Uh, definitely just a one and done team. And yeah, it was really nice to get that win and kind of see us over. So yeah, overall, it was a really exciting season. It was really enjoyable, but at the same time, it it, it was stressful too <laughs> throughout a lot of it. Yeah. I can understand the stress, understand that. I've just got to ask you, hand on heart, when you went down 3 1 against the Lakers, were you like, here we go again? Coming back. Absolutely. Good man. That's Absolutely. what we love to hear. Get Absolutely. In. Oh, no doubt. It was like, uh, if anyone's going to do it, <laughs> you know, <laughs> who has it? I mean, look, I think what people forget is we were a buzzer beater were away from being up 2 1 against them. So mm-hmm. it's not like um, impossible to think that if that hadn't, if that, that shot hadn't dropped, then the whole series could have potentially been a different story. Yeah. Um, I say that very much so as a Nuggets fan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I think that was, I've had some heartbreaking moments over the years, but that that buzzer beating three from AD was probably one of the most heartbreaking moments in my yeah. in my basketball fandom. That was tough. So, yeah. No, but just like, like I'm always saying, obviously the Denver Nuggets being my second team, <laughs> proud, I bleed blue and gold all the way. But <laughs> I just feel like, in all seriousness, the Denver Nuggets were, for me personally, like a joy to kind of watch the games. The Utah Jazz, te- the Utah Jazz versus the Denver Nuggets was one of those games where we all was kind of writ off. Really, personally, we're all like looking at it and going, "Oh, it won't be as exciting as it was." But then it turned out to be one of the most exciting playoffs series games where you had two absolutely formidable players just playing at their peak between uh, Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell, who were playing like on fire. But and then you just continue to do 
do that. You continued that form when you took onto the Clippers. You weren't willing just to go, oh, we're gonna, you're a better team than us. We're going to lie over and take it. No. And you guys just kept stepping up over and over and over. Mm-hmm. And like you had people stepping up, like Jamal Murray, who shocked me. I never contended to be what he could do, but mm-hmm. he became, for me, a top 15 player in that playoff series because he became that good. Where it was that he, this guy was playing like MJ, the way his confidence was oozing. And I feel like you guys can build on this and you can see some, you guys could be in a couple of years challenging for the title because another player that I think is, is absolutely a great player and he's got a future to be a, a great future all-star, Michael Porter Jr. Absolutely. I feel like he potentially could be your third guy because obviously you've got Jamal Murray and Jokic and he has a view of it, Michael Porter Jr. He'd want to be more, he feels like the ball should be coming to him more as well. Uh, sure. He thinks it should just be them two and I kind of agree with him. Mm. It should be them three building that because Michael Porter Jr., this guy could, this kid could potentially be a future, I, I personally think he is definitely a future all-star and he's got future, he's got game to be brilliant. So I think the Nuggets, honestly, they're a team that's been exciting. I'm going to watch more games in the Nuggets. I think you guys were brilliant in the, in the, in the playoffs. Oh man, yeah, it was. It was. I, I completely agree. I think the thing with with MPJ is we we've all seen how much potential he's got, and mm. it's been frustrating as a Nuggets fan at times to see him sitting on the bench. Uh, you know. Feel like, oh, this could be a moment where he could really take over the game. This could be the part of the game where he could come in and really make a difference. But the problem is, is that because of the defensive liabilities that he causes, there were times in games where we either had to weigh up the risk of, okay, do we just put him in there and say, okay, we will deal with the defensive liabilities for, for what he gives us on the offensive side of the court? Or is this a point where we say, okay, let's go with a more kind of our front court a lot of the time? was Grant at the three, uh, Millsap at the four, and then Jokic at the five. So it was like, okay, how are we going to work him into this system where we can allow those defensive liabilities that he sometimes has to kind of not affect us as a team? So going forward, it was like, we could see, and it was frustrating because obviously we're, we're sitting there as fans going like, we can see this kid's potential. Look at how well he shoots, man. That shooting form is just like pure, right? And uh, yeah, but I think this year with Grant going, we don't have a choice. This guy, we, it's all or nothing on Michael Porter Jr. now with us. Like we, we absolutely have to. And there's so many reasons why that is as well. Because if we, if we don't play him, we're going to risk it. Like, and I think the biggest factor is we're A, wasting a potential all-star caliber talent um, and the growth of that potential all-star caliber talent. And the other factor is, is we could end up losing him. He could just, you know, we're going to struggle to hold on to him later down the line if he's not happy at this point in his career and continues to remain unhappy uh, with what he's seeing in regards to his development. So uh, I hope that we, I mean, we don't really have a choice this this season with Grant stepping away and going to, um, to Detroit, which um, obviously isn't great for us, but you know, without, it could open up the opportunity of, okay, we have to put MPJ in now. He is absolutely all or nothing on, on MPJ. Um, so yeah, I, I completely agree. And the thing with, with Jamal Murray is, is kind of, in a similar vein and in respect to as Nuggets fans, we've always kind of seen the potential that he has, but Jamal Murray's kind of inconsistencies have been his downfall. Mm. And it's been frustrating over the years to say, okay, I know, and we know how good this kid can be. I mean, he dropped 47 points on, uh, or 49 points or 47 points on the, on the Celtics. Uh, not this season, but the season just gone. Um, and we could see, oh man, this guy 
when he gets hot, he can't miss. You know? And he came, he went away in the off season, worked on his uh, defensive, uh, worked on his body, came back a much stronger player, which really helped him on the defensive end of the court. Um, and I think that really did help him with his offensive game as well, as we obviously saw in the bubble. So um, there are so many factors now that coming into this season, I'm thinking, well, we ride or die with, with MP Jamal Murray and Jokic as that trio. And then hopefully everything else falls around, like all the pieces that we've picked up, some of the pieces that we've lost um, works out and, and we kind of continue to improve. Yeah, I think the biggest thing for the Nuggets this season is how, how much does Michael Porter Jr. improve at the defensive end? If if he takes a step at the defensive end, it's that they're looking scary again. Um, if he's still got those inefficiencies and that that who knows what detrimental impact that could have on the Nuggets. Yeah, and I think the thing is, is that it's not even for a lack of trying. I think mm. it's more of a, on a technical side of, you know, yeah. he's sometimes getting lost on defensive sets. It's not for a lack of, because you see him out there and you see him putting effort in on the defensive end. And he's a great rebounder. He's a fantastic rebounder of the basketball. Um, so there are a lot of good things you're seeing. So I'm hoping that he's gone away over this season and said, right, I'm gonna, I know I have to be the third guy now. I know I have to be the third guy. And, and that's really helped him kind of... Um, uh, work on himself, develop his game and, and become a, a vital piece in, in us moving forward. You know what makes me a smile when I'm thinking about the Devon Nuggets or the whole series? It's just Jamal Murray's confidence. I think, because I, I heard somewhere where, what's it called? What's his name? Dame Lillard was talking about how when he's hot, he knows he's he, there's no he's not missing a shot, and that's how I feel like Jamal Murray is like when he's playing good, there's no stopping him. Like the confidence oozes out of him. Sure. I remember that three point shot where he shot against the Lakers, and he just kept going back, running back, and, and I'm thinking, yeah. my dear, he's got confidence. He's 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 got confidence oozing out of him, and I feel like that is the thing with Michael with with Jamal Murray when he's when he's on fire, there's no stopping him. He can drop crazy numbers, and I feel like. Yeah. That was a problem with what happened with the Lakers. If they had, I personally feel like they could have caused the Lakers much more problems. But I feel like Jamal Murray was injured. He was playing on one foot and that made a massive difference for you guys. So, Yeah, I mean, it's great to see him when he's playing with confidence. He's, um, he is an incredible talent. And, you know, he, he's worked so hard defensively, which is something that we all wanted to see because we've got Gary Harris, who's obviously known as a defensive player who's always kind of taken the best guard when we used to play uh, the Warriors uh, Steph Curry Gary Harris would always take Steph Curry Not no disrespect to Clay Thompson obviously but um, Gary Harris would take Damian Lillard it's kind of that was always his which would obviously give Jamal Murray more of a um, chance to say okay I'm going to work more on the offensive side of the court and not have to worry so much so about guarding the best player which obviously you know for his uh, fatigue going forward in the game is a good thing. Um, but with that extra bit of confidence on the defensive end, I think it's also helped his confidence on the offensive end. So he's a great player. And I think with another season, if he can show it consistently, we're going to see a completely uh, another step. Because I do think there's another step that he can take. I don't think this is where he plateaus. I think this is another, there is another step maybe too that he can take. I think, you know, next step obviously is becoming an all-star. Um, and I think that's definitely not too far away. I mean, he's, he's definitely shown he's capable of it in, in those playoff series, didn't he? This this uh, this year, this season, he was he really was certainly played at an all star level. What your expectations 
for the season up ahead then if, if, if you've seen what that team's capable of granted you, you're sort of without Jeremy Grant now but where, where does that big three take you this year do you reckon um, so I think I, I want to say that we continue to improve because it's just been such a great little you know our, the Nuggets whole thing has been we don't skip steps and we've kind of stuck to that throughout our process of rebuilding this team into something they can contend for a championship um, I'd like to say that we continue to improve. We, we we work towards, I think we'll be a top three seed. Whether or not that's the three seed, whether or not that's the one seed, I'm not sure. I mean, I, I know the Lakers have improved a lot, so hoping to get the one seed is definitely uh, not going to be an easy feat. But um, I, I, I do think we still take a top three seed. And um, how as to how far we go in the playoffs, okay, I guess it kind of all depends on on how well the new pieces fit. I mean, look, Jeremy Grant was such a perfect, perfect fit for our team. He he fit in that kind of Duncan spot so well. When Millsap wasn't playing, he was the perfect four. You know, when we didn't have Will Barton playing or MPJ playing, he could fill in at the three. He can guard the wings, you know, those explosive wings who are the biggest threat on the opposition team. He would guard Kawhi Leonard, he would guard LeBron James. The pro- the biggest problem with losing him is that we now kind of don't really have anyone who's going to be doing that. We have PJ Dozier, who's proved that he can guard bigger wings. Um, I I don't think he's going to see a lot of minutes this season, PJ Dozier, but we're kind of clutching at straws and saying who's going to be that guy who comes in to guard the LeBron James, the Kawhi Leonard. Um, we signed Jermichael Green, which I think was a good signing. It was a realistic signing um, we had to make after losing Grant. And the, the hardest thing about it was it was so unexpected because all the news coming out of both camps, both the Nuggets and Jeremy Grant's camp, going into this offseason was he's happy in Denver. He really likes it here. He wants to sign. Uh, the biggest thing about it all was the fact that Detroit offered him money that I think is too much money to pay for Jeremy Grant. But we said, fine, we'll match it. And uh, um, we did. We offered to match it. And he still turned us down. And I think a lot of that has to do with maybe looking at not just this contract, but another contract going forward. Maybe um, it has to do with the fact that he wants to have more um, kind of offensive, more of an offensive role on a team and kind of say, okay, I want to have three or four more shots per game rather than compete for potentially a championship in the next few years because it's like I mean why would you choose to step down so much mm. to a, a team that you know maybe he just um, likes Detroit yeah, maybe say, Detroit's a beautiful place to be in the country right now loves Motown loves Motown <laughs> you never know Detroit's a beautiful place maybe he's thinking oh Detroit might be a nice little area for me to show yeah absolutely and I mean look it might be a geographical thing it might be a personal thing it might be you know but the fact of the matter is it did sting it stung a lot. And, and and like I say, it's because it was so unexpected. And when it's so unexpected, we're thinking, okay, what do we do now? Okay, we signed Jermichael Green. Thank goodness we brought Paul Millsap back because if we hadn't mm. managed to bring Paul Millsap back, with, apparently half the league was interested in signing Millsap. So it was really, really um, a breath of like sigh of relief when we, um, when we managed to bring him back. And uh, I think he's obviously going to be a good player for us. Jermichael Green, can, he can fill up from three, which I didn't actually realise until this past season um, that he could he could play in that in that role. I thought he was more of just a kind of rebounding guy who uh, who played defence. So, look, I think we get a little bit better defensively with Jermichael Green, but as I say, expectations for this year is so, so hard to say after... I mean, if we had 
kept Jeremy Grant, added the pieces we did in the draft, um, and then bringing in Campazzo as well from from Real Madrid, then I would have said, wow, like you know, we've we've got something that we can continue building on. Now it's kind of like, okay, I still think we can progress. I just don't. I, I need to kind of see us play a couple of preseason games to kind of mm. work out where we see are. See where we're at. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so, is there anything anything you have in mind as a fan? Maybe a potential move. Maybe a buyout player, maybe a trade. You think could be that final key piece? Maybe to, maybe to replace Grant. Not that you probably could, but maybe as, as close a fit as you could um, possibly get. I mean, look when 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 the news came, I was like, oh, okay, right, I, I want to get. There was so many names floating around my head. Oh, we got to make a big move now. We're going to have to scrap this whole we don't skip steps um, thing that we'd kind of gone about for, for the past three or four years, and say, okay, well, maybe let's try and bring in a buddy healed. Right, someone who can fill it up from three, and okay, we lose so much defensively if we're bringing because obviously Gary Harris would have to go the other way. Um, but okay, let's put someone in who can fill it up from three. Jokic obviously is going to find him whenever he wants to. Um, and then and I'm thinking, okay, well, I mean, Bradley Beal is the obvious kind of guy who, if we can somehow make that work financially and bring a Bradley Beal in, then we kind of say, okay, wow. But again, like we're going to have to ride or die with um, with Michael Porter Jr. as our big three. Bringing in Bradley Beal is going to probably upset him even more because he's not going to mm. get any touches. So, um, yeah, as I say, it's so hard. I think the most realistic move that I wanted to make was someone like Jermichael Green, and we made that move happen. Um, other than outside of that, it's so hard to say because it's like, what else could we possibly do now? There's no, there's no one left apart from AD and free agency, and I don't think <laughs> we're going to be getting him. So. You never know. Never know. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it would be a good little partnership in the 4-5 there. Yeah, that'd be a, that'd be a force to be reckoned with, wouldn't it? One a, a front court for the ages. Um, Benjamin, it's been great having you on, mate, to, to chat about the Nuggets. It's been it's been a real treat. Oh, to have, no, it's been awesome to have you on. Where can our listeners find you? Uh, so I just have my little page, Nuggets UK, um, a part of um, Nuggets Europe, which is a part of Colorado Europe. So you can find them at Nuggets Europe. Um, really good content there. Got Serbian show, which is doing really really well. Um, we've got a couple of really cool guests on the, the English speaking show as well which is great and um, that's kind of uh, it for me if you want to see angry nuggets tweets then uh, follow my p- Twitter page um, and uh, you'll probably see a few of them <laughs> well, so that, and that was uh, Nuggets UK wasn't it brilliant and Nuggets UK yeah that's perfect well as we say Ben it's been a blast having you on thank you for sharing that insight and jamming <laughs> jamming with us coming on and jamming no. with us perfect no, it's been awesome. Thanks for having me on, guys. Really appreciate it. I'll have to have you back on for uh, maybe like a mid-season recap and preview. Absolutely. We'll see how it goes. Brilliant. For, for, for a bit of time, Ben, I kept thinking to Puff, why is there like a Serbian Nuggets? Like, what's the big deal? <laughs> the coloration, man. It's, but, oh, yeah. it's huge, man. So we've got our biggest... Um, uh, we all follow DNVR out in Denver, which is a really great media company that tracks all the... the sports teams in Colorado and uh, one of our guys Miroslav did a, a great little segment on their show um, where he traveled out to Sombor which is where Jokic is from obviously you've heard of his Sombor shuffle and mm. uh, patented move uh, so he traveled out to Sombor to do a little um, 
uh, like a look around the town and a little tour of that, which is great. So they're they're huge, man. They're picking up. They're getting so many hits um, within the Serbian community because they love Jokic. Jokic is a superstar, and he's just absolutely massive in Serbia, isn't he? He's just such a, a cool dude as well. Hmm. Um, and I just. I just think he's going to get better and better and better and um, and people are really going to start realising wow this guy is the best centre in the NBA so um, that Save that me chest <laughs> Oh absolutely no doubt Absolutely yeah. Don't well, get me wrong I like Embiid but you know Jokic is my guy so Got to back your boys Got to back your boys Absolutely uh, And on that note Ben thank you again mate we'll, um, we'll touch base with you again and hopefully we'll have you back on soon but for now all the best for the season For sure It's been a pleasure guys Thanks very much Yes, man. Take it easy. What do you reckon, Vinny? It was all right, that one. It, it was all right, right, that one. Not too bad. Not too bad. I enjoyed that too, I enjoyed that. but I enjoyed that. We got it. So we got it. We got there. We got it. Um, that was um, UK underscore Knicks and at Nuggets UK. Do drop them a follow. Check them out on Twitter. They do uh, excellent stuff there. And it was great previews for us as well. We're, we're powering through these now, aren't we? I think we're over halfway there, so... We'll we'll get there. Bear with us. Bear with us. And of course, the next preview is coming. Don't you worry about that one. Uh, I, of course, have been Theo. Thank you very much. With me, Jared. Yeah, I feel like the next preview has pretty much been every other preview as well because that's what Theo's like. But yeah, we'll we'll unfortunately have a half an hour next preview at some point as well. But yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. It'll be the best one. Don't you worry, Vincent. Didn't you say to us, brother, that you're, you're going to try to sust- uh, restrain yourself from talking about the Nets and you had to throw it in there, didn't you, brother? Listen, Vinny, I'm sure your your motto, your mantra on this pod is we give the people what they want. They want to hear about the Nets. They you know what? It's not my Say fault. it with your chest, brother. Say it with your chest. But it was great to have two of my second teams uh, joining the pod today. So, of course, I'm happy with that. So, shout, shout out to the boys. I'm out. We better double me. <laughs>